Welcome to Monster Crush, a podcast that's a little spooky, always sexy, and surprisingly educational. Every episode, we dare to find love in all the wrong places on our never-ending quest for the best monster smooches. I'm Heavenly, and I'm here to ask the real questions like, do dust bunnies count as cryptids? And I'm joined by Derek. Derek, how are you? I'm doing well. I, I was doing amazing until I was thoroughly vexed by your question, dust bunnies. I mean, it's it's one of those things, like, it, it's like a term for something that maybe isn't a monster, but also has, like, a jackalope. Mm-hmm. A jackalope is a, is a monster. It is not necessarily monstrous, but it is, it is a cryptid, absolutely. Are dust bunnies cryptids? Are dust bunnies cryptids? Yes. Yes? Um, you know, putting the hammer down. Yes, dust bunnies are cryptids. Yep, okay. I'm saying it. All right, mm-hmm. you heard it here, folks. Dust bunnies are cryptids. So every, no discussion needed. Every spring, when you are cleaning out the dust bunnies, you are engaging in targeted harassment of oh, an no, endangered this just population. Got sad. Oh, no. No, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I it's regret be- everything. It's better if we don't think that they're real. <laughs> it's, it's better if they're just dust. Don't kill dust bunnies, people. Do you do, do you do spring cleaning? Are you a big spring cleaner? I've never really liked the concept of just cleaning like, oh, it's warm out, so it's time to clean. I mean, I, it's, it almost hits me in, in the way of like, I don't vacuum for like months on end. It's like, no, I have, I have two dogs and I, I work in a, a, you know, kind of messier environment. Anyway, I clean regularly. Don't, don't wait until spring. And, you know, I got a goddamn Roomba or whatever else. The one, not a, I think it's an iRobot. Sponsor us, I guess. So I will turn that on every now and then, but that's also frustrating because it gets stuck a lot. I feel like I've gotten off topic. Mm. Yes, I clean regularly is what I'm trying to say. What about you? The uh, Roombas, so I have mixed feelings about Roombas, mainly because I yes. love them, obviously. Mm. But I also find that anytime I've lived in a house that has one, I feel that I develop kind of an unhealthy attachment to the Roomba where I... I, th- I think of it as like a little being that lives in my house. And then mm-hmm. when people are, they criticize it, I get really hurt on behalf of the Roomba. And I'm like, well, he's trying his best. Like he doesn't, <laughs> <I think laughs> he doesn't understand fair. why we keep leaving cords out everywhere. And it's like not his fault that he can't make tight turns in this old house. Like maybe you should just fucking relax and sweep. And let the Roomba have a day off, goddammit, you know? He's trying his best. <laughs> Just let it, pick up your stuff. Don't leave your stuff in the way. Now, okay, I have to ask this. Did you name your Roomba? I did. So the, the house I lived in, I lived in a house briefly with a friend, and we had a Roomba. And I remember I did name it, but they refused to call the Roomba by the name that I had given him. But I, I've since forgotten so, like, oh, no. Claudia would text me, and she would be like, can you start the Roomba? And I would be like, do you mean, should I ask? And then I would say the name. I'd be like, should mm-hmm. I ask Edward if he has time to clean today? And she'd be like, stop saying that. And now that name is lost to time. And now I've forgotten. Now I've forgotten. Oh, no. Uh, ours is named Davenport, uh, which is an Adventure Zone reference for mm-hmm. those of you, uh, because it, he does get stuck sometimes. Yeah, I mean, they are notorious for getting stuck. That's definitely, they're a victim of their design. Yeah, I just wish it wasn't the incessant beeping. 
whatever gets it's just help me help me help it's i get it i get it you you went slightly off the rug a little bit <laughs> does you do you have one of those roombas that gives you like worded like messages full-on textual messages oh no no i i have like is was your connected to your phone or something no but it had a home base that would display messages and so every oh. now and again we would get there would be this beeping sound and we would run to the home base and the home base would display like i'm stuck and then we'd have oh, to try God. and find it. <laughs> Just try to find it wherever the fuck it is. So like sometimes, yeah, sometimes he would text the home. Or my favorite one is um, he would say that he couldn't find the home. Mm-hmm. So there'd be a text on the home base that's like, I'm lost. <laughs> Whenever I think about the inevitable robot uprising, I look at my Roomba and it, it comforts me in a way where I just think, not today. It's not going to happen today. Not today. Not with it. Well, unless Roombas are specifically designed to be comfortingly. To catch us off guard. Yeah. Yeah. Now uh, I'm thinking about that too. And they're just like, just making us think that the robots can't do anything while secretly (laughs) Skynet is already risen. And they're definitely like recording and I don't know. Yeah. We're all already living in the Matrix. They are kind of, if you think about it, if you have a Roomba that's like doing a full vacuum of your house it is essentially kind of like mapping out your floor plan oh that's why i have not connected mine to my phone or anything i don't want Roomba to know my phone number i don't want Roomba (laughs) to have access to anything that's on my phone i don't want Roomba's making tweets on your behalf (laughs) yeah well remember we were setting it up it's like hey give us all this private information (laughs) no Roomba, you came with a remote control that's what i'm going to use (laughs) <laughs> just tell us. We're not going to tell anyone. It'll be, We're going to clean just, your living room, but we need your social security just number. Just tell us. It'll it'll make us closer as allies. <laughs> it's fine. What are you worried about? <laughs> well, uh, this week's episode is not about Roombas, though we were okay. talking about Roombas for a while. Dang. Yeah. Just a little bit. It's not spring cleaning. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be spirits and gods of the hearth and the home. I love that. Okay, yeah, I dig it. Neato. Yeah, I had actually prepared a really horrifying episode for you, uh, <laughs> but as a little Thank sneak, <laughs> just I mean, truly, truly a deranged episode is what I uh-huh. had in, in store for you. Uh, Knowing what we've as, done already, that as is... As a little sneak peek for our listeners, that episode will be episode 50. So I'm actually just delaying the inevitable <laughs> I just get to worry questions. about it now. I know it's coming. <laughs> I'm going to ask you later in our very special episode. So I thought it would be cute to maybe focus on something a little... I say cute. There's some, there are some horrifying aspects of this episode as well. Of course, yeah. But less... Less so. Less grotesque. This is my it follows. This is, you're just letting me know that the inevitable (laughs) is coming. Very soon, in fact. Yay. Yeah, very soon. Very soon. Mm -hmm. Well, wonderful. Spring cleaning. Uh, So you said spirits, uh, deities, beings of the the hearth and home. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm excited. All right. Uh, I thought it would be nice if we started with some spring cleaning rituals. Okay. I would, yeah. Spring cleaning in America has become almost a sort of ritual on its own. Like, it's a little bit of a joke. Um, 
cleaning companies tend to ramp up their advertisements in late winter in preparation for spring cleaning. But there definitely are cultural and historical roots to this. Obviously, the weather gets warmer, so you can open your doors. You know, we just recently painted our entire living room, which was which was because it was so nice. We could open all the doors and windows. It was something we had wanted to do, but we had to wait until we had uh, an unprecedentedly early spring, which I guess we're not going to talk or worry about. Right now, it's 80 degrees in April in Portland. That's not wow. weird or bad at all. <laughs> no, why? Okay. Yay. I was going to say, it's like... 50 here i was yeah I, i'm in a sweater and you're in a tank top i was i was gonna ask you yeah like how it's warm 80 it degrees in april in portland very normal we're what uh-huh. we're dealing with right now is very normal it's not it feels like there's perhaps a change in the climate it's almost like something's uh, going on something's not totally right Thing. The dust bunnies are have something to do with it for it's sure. The dust, it's the dust bunnies and the Roombas. Um, they have decided to set aside their differences and join in a cause against us. Uh, we're doomed. <laughs> so I want I wanted to detail some different like religious and cultural backbone behind spring cleaning. Yeah. The first of which is Passover cleaning. So in Passover, in preparation for Passover, hamitz is removed from the home and the kitchen is subject to a thorough clean to ensure that not even a crumb remains behind. In some oh. kosher industrial kitchens, this means taking a blowtorch to metal surfaces. So it's wow. it's very serious. It's not just like symbolic, like no crumb to be left behind. It's kind of this this excuse to then do a thorough deep clean to make sure that there's not a speck of dust or hamets or any crumbs left behind as you prepare for your eight days of Passover. Now, when you say hamets, what is that? Uh, sorry, hamets is leavened bread because for leavened, Passover okay. they they eat unleavened, unleavened bread. Right. So, no oil, yeah. uh, br- um, rye, wheat products, leavened bread. There, there's quite a few other things in it are under the umbrella of hamets. Okay, I do really like the concept of taking a blowtorch to your kitchen. I I, I do <laughs> like the extreme version of spring cleaning. Is like we're just burning down the house. We're gonna make a new one. Yeah, I spring was cleaning reading, everybody. This house is done. I was reading an article about a, a Jewish hospital in California, and in preparation for Passover, they take a blowtorch to the kitchen because they have metal surfaces, so you can do that. Yeah. Obviously, you're not going to burn anything yeah. down. So yes, please. They bring please, in, everyone, don't take a blowtorch to your wooden kitchen. They bring in a rabbi who blowtorches the kitchen. <laughs> what a fun rabbi! And this preparation for work that day, you get your welder's mask on. That's great. (laughs) And this process is known as kashering. Ah, that's very interesting. So Lahayim Weekly writes of the tradition, and I'm just going to quote for them directly. According to Hasidic philosophy, bread and hamet symbolize the egotism and haughtiness within each of us. Hamets puffs up like a haughty person's chest, swells like an egotistical person's head. Matzah, on the other hand, is flat, low, humble. Even the fact that its flavor is bland, nearly tasteless, attests to its modesty. Before Passover, when we are checking cracks and corners, looking behind bookcases and inside briefcases for hamets, we are laboring at a job that doesn't require much thought. That gives us plenty of time to be introspective about whether we've been behaving like hamets or matzah for the past year. 
do people keep bread on bookcases and in briefcases? (laughs) It is. More traditionally, they used to just do a deep clean of the kitchen, but it's kind of transformed to be the great time to do just a full spring cleaning. So it becomes a bit of 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 a show that you go through the whole house making sure that there are no crumbs outside even the kitchen. It does feel like something like when when the first person that comes to mind is Oprah, so I'm just gonna kind of shit talk Oprah for a second. Okay, like when wow. Oprah was shit like talk Oprah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what is she gonna do? Twelve uh, minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> no, like when Oprah was like, I, I gave up carbs and everything, I just imagined that like behind a bookcase is just a loaf of bread. And it's just like, oh no, that's that's where we hide our bread. It's our it's our it's our bread case now. It's it is hard it's hard to give up carbs. Don't give up carbs. Don't do it. It is tough. Yes. As as someone who is trying to do that, yes. I, I, yeah, I guess that wasn't so much shit talking over. Oprah, you have so much money. Please don't. <laughs> Oprah, don't please sue don't us, hurt us for wondering about your secret bread stash. You love bread. You love bread. Everyone loves bread. Love Bread's very good. Everyone loves bread. So <laughs> the, in the least, that's the coldest take we've ever had here. That 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 take is in, that everyone loves bread. <laughs> everyone loves bread. Even those who would... can't have bread, that's what makes it so hard. That's the toughest thing. Yeah, I still love you it. Know? It's like people who are gluten-free, they always have to mention how shitty their bread is. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's not my problem. Yeah. I'm sorry it tastes like garbage. It's gluten-free bread. Uh, You, sucks for you, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me feel bad because I'm eating my my delicious hummets. My delicious glutinous hummets. Yes, just... (laughs) Yes, please, please walk around and just call all leavened bread hummets from now on. (laughs) Please do that. So in Iran, the Verna, the spring equinox celebrations are prepared for by, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, I couldn't find a lot of videos of people saying it. I think it's kuni takuni, which means okay. shaking of the house. So this isn't just a simple clean. This is from attic to basement, floorboard to ceiling, cleaning everything. And during this week, you buy new clothes and anything that needs to be replaced that was damaged during the previous year, you replace it during this week. And all of this symbolizes you're turning over a new leaf. So you're getting your house ready, you've purchased your new clothes, you've replaced anything that was damaged, and it means that you're ready to welcome in the new year. And then okay. at the end of this week, uh, there's a celebration and you visit your friend's house and you have a ceremonial table that you set and it's kind of, this is the way that you welcome in the new year. I like that. I also like the the term is very interesting. It you know it's evocative of kind of what you're doing, the shaking of the house. Shit, yeah, yeah. That you know you you bring out all. It's not you're just not vacuuming the rugs. You take the rugs outside and you're shaking them and you're cleaning under the rugs, even though you're not going to see under the rugs for the whole rest of the year. Everything in the house is clean during this time. There's still floor under there. Still got to clean it. Yep. <laughs> in China. Ninyabat falls on the 28th day of the 12th month of the lunar calendar and is a day for washing away the bad luck of the old year in preparation for New Year's luck. So you can see there's a lot of themes with spring cleaning. It's about ushering in the new and and washing away the old. Absolutely. Yes, that whole renewal aspect. Yeah. Right. In Buddhist and Taoist traditions, old altar ornaments are burned and replaced. So you're even preparing your altars for a new year. And on the first day of the new year, you put away your brooms and dustpans so that the new year's luck can't be swept away. I like that. 
Yeah, I oh, and I'm trying to remember because I've heard similar things, and there's always things about brooms and stuff like that. But I have none of them. You have them in front of you, so I'm, I have nothing to add. That's that's amazing. <laughs> I really like that that concept that you can't and, even like sweep away the bad luck. Yeah. And finally, in colder climates, spring cleaning is related quite directly to the hearth. So. When it was winter and you had to keep your windows and doors closed, your house would accumulate a lot of soot and ash. So on the first day of the warm weather, you can open up all of your windows and doors and you can sweep out all of the winter month's ash. And it'll be carried out by a fresh spring breeze. So it's a very literal spring cleaning. I like that too. Yeah, imagine like how... Ugh. I'm, I'm, this is the first time I've actually thought about it, like with everything just battened down and you just literally have a fire going the whole time. You're just covered That's, in... <laughs> that was, all, when I was reading this, that was also that what I thought. I was like, oh, I had never thought about that. But it makes so much sense. Of course, you don't have your doors or if you're in fucking Finland during the winter, pre-electricity, of course, you didn't have your doors and windows open. You were just inside a home <laughs> with a fire the going whole <laughs> the whole time. It's the black lung, Pop. Everybody's like sneezing and it's black. It's just, oh, oh God. Okay. I didn't look into like how prominent um, sickness was due to this, but I'm sure there's there's lots of scholarship on it. Mm, yeah. I, it had to contribute, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe. I'm Maybe sure it's also not entire. I'm sure they had their windows and doors open at some point. Like, I think being inside a home totally battened down with a fire going is probably a pretty big hazard. I mean, they would have chimneys, obviously. They have chimney, yeah, right. Yeah, still, yeah, and they would have to go out to for food and whatever else. But yeah, still, if, especially when you mentioned Finland in the winter, going outside is oh, that's just oh, god, it sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> Rip to everyone in Finland who has to go outside during the winter. Yeah, I'm sure it's better now that you have like you know machines that can clear your streets and that sort of thing i feel like by now people should be mostly prepared for winter those who live in finland but i just me me already having to deal with the difficulty that is ohio winters and i've dealt with alaskan winters before like a finnish winter hmm. and is, it's dark is, yeah well yeah that's true pitch black oof i do remember an interview with i don't remember who it was it was some it was either, I think it might have been a Norwegian heavy metal band. And they were asked, like, something about, like, what it was like in Norway during the basic, like, six months of darkness. And they're like, oh, well, that's why we have so many talented musicians and so many good chess players from Norway. It's because the only <laughs> thing you can really do is either play chess or make music. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> well, with with the mention of the hearth, uh, I have four singletons for you today. Oh, four singletons. Well, hey, before we get to any of those, let's pick up the tab on this date. I like that we're prepaying for dates. I think that's smart of us. I uh, yeah, I think that's. It shows that we care, and it also is a natural break in the episode. <laughs> We're going to have this many drinks. I brought $20, and $20 is all I have. Just so you know, I've already paid for this tab. Uh, you cannot order anything that's more than $10, because it's $10 each, and that's a hard limit. So, wait, wait, wait. Uh, $10 and one nickel 
Wink. <laughs> yeah. So our first bachelorette isn't much of a looker. Oh, okay. But okay. she does have hobbies, so that's nice. <laughs> It's important to have hobbies. Those things balance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, it's not all about looks. Sometimes it's about whether or not they have a well-rounded personality. I'm not saying it is at all. I just love that it's like, yeah, she's not a looker, but she does extracurriculars. She's got stuff that she does. She like when you look at her picture in the yearbook, it's like, ugh. But then you look at all the stuff she was but in. But then you like, look at all the clubs that she was in that she was president of and everyone wrote in her yearbook. Obviously she was very popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she can she can assume a human like form, which is then like of a haggard old woman. But she okay. most often appears looking that I can only describe as a cross between a scarecrow and a chicken. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can only describe. That's the, really the only That's thing the that o- I... She looks like... She With looks the like a scarecrow. Of the English language. It is a scarecrow <laughs> she looks chicken. Like a scarecrow with a chicken head and chicken feet. Oh, no. What? So it's just like a... Okay. Like a skeletal frame... With uh-huh. kind of scraggly, straw-like hair. Uh-huh. And a chicken head. <laughs> and chicken feet. Yep. Let me look at it. Let me look at her hands. <laughs> and, hold on. I don't remember. And and scary cl- claws. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. There, there it is. <laughs> if this were a scarecrow in someone's corn patch... I think those crows would be scared. The entire Midwest just gasped. (laughs) I feel like anytime I make a reference to to any type of agriculture, it's always corn, and I think it it really is. I think I need to check in with myself about why that seems to be the only farm activity I know of. It's, uh, I mean, it is a cash crop for sure. But yes, they're. Oh, t- Tim, we got another circle in our corn patch. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, where was I? Okay, she also wears a simple house dress and a headscarf. So she is clothed. Yeah, a clothed scarecrow chicken. She's a clothed scarecrow chicken. Thank, she can, thank goodness. <laughs> she can be summoned to the house through the death of a child, a stillbirth, or the loss of a mother during childbirth. So she tends to come into a home when some great tragedy has occurred. I like to use the word summoned. Like, oh, we need we need this individual better. <laughs> we got spare kids for a reason. Uh, it's it said that if she, if she comes into a home after the loss of a mother during childbirth in her human form, she wears the face of that woman, which is kind of fucked up. Oh. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that so much. Okay. If she's just kind of a free-roaming spirit who's like out on her own, she can enter through a keyhole. So you can keep her out by keeping little pieces of paper in your key or keeping the key in in the keyhole, which is actually very dangerous. And you shouldn't do that because then firemen can't get in. So that's something to keep in mind. (laughs) Ye olde firemen. Yeah. (laughs) 
I know that because when I lived in Germany, my landlord stressed that it was very important we did not keep our key in the keyhole because that's something a lot of Germans do. And then when if there was like a medical emergency, no one could get in. <laughs> so they would have to like fully break the door down instead of just using the master key. So our landlord was like, don't fucking leave your key in the keyhole. I'm very serious. I will not be paying for any more doors. I didn't know that was a German stereotype, but... Apparently it is. To me, that's bananas, but... Yeah. Okay. At least it was something that our landlord had encountered enough with his with his German residence that he told the two Americans who were moving in to not fuck around. Now, I wonder if she has more difficulty with that now, because, like, back in the day, like, keyholes, you could see through. They were you know, gaping. Could... Yeah. Well, I... not that word. <laughs> um... <laughs> But you could, there's a whole scene in the movie where you could like push the key through the other side and then like sweep it under the door and get your yeah. way in that way. But now like keyholes are, are much more complicated. Would she have like, she's like, oh fuck, I gotta like turn left. Now I gotta get around that, that tumbler. <laughs> it's a little God. maze. Yeah. Master lock, I hate you. Well, though, I mean, I live in an older house. So except for our front door, all of our keyholes are really large because obviously mm-hmm. we have a more modern front door. So I think once she gets into the house, it then is very easy for her to go in between doors because I see. all of our doors to like our bedrooms and our bathrooms and down to the basement all have those big old fashioned keyholes. Gaping keyholes. Those yep. gaping keyholes, which are she loves. She loves those gaping she keyholes. She loves those gaping keyholes. And once she's in a house, it is almost impossible to get her out. So like if she moves in, that's a roommate for life. Oh, well, that's not great, considering she's either an old woman who wears the face of a bereaved mother or a scarecrow chicken with claws. Well, she can she can be helpful when she moves in. So she oh, is a, okay. she's a stickler for tidiness. Okay. So if you have a home that's poorly maintained, she will punish you by breaking dishes whistling very loudly at night, making your food spoil, killing your livestock, and then harassing you while you try and sleep. That's all terrible. Now, I can't remember if you said, what culture does this? Oh, she's Slavic. Okay, I I would have. I was either thinking yokai or Slavic. So, yes. Okay. (laughs) Those Slavs, they love their their scarecrow chicken women. (laughs) (laughs) She does share some similarities with night hags. So she will mm-hmm. sometimes, if you have a, if you have a messy house, she'll sit on your chest and strangle you. Wow, wow. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't say whether or not that's her first course of action. So that could be after like months of like, can you just tidy up? Like, is something going on? Do you need to talk about it? And finally, after months of living. In disarray, she's like, all right, like, I'm going to take matters into my own hand. I will strangle you. She's just throttling you, just like, clean your room, Dimitri. Clean your room, Dimitri. Also, if you make eye contact with her, you'll die. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's what a a weird imbalance. It's just like, yeah, she'll, like, whistle at night. Maybe spoil your food, maybe kill some cattle, and if you look her in the eye, you're fucking dead. You're dead. So if you think that she's in your room, you should look at your pillow or out the window. Mm-hmm. But not, she does hide in door, in like corners, you know, like corners where doors open. She likes to hoard, right. hide in corners, closets, 
and under the bed, obviously, because those are like the best places to hide in a, in a those, room. Those are like those Babadook spaces. Yeah. And it, like yeah. behind the, oh God, behind the door. That's hitting me in such a weird way. I hate that, that one. dark corner. Yeah. Like when people put uh, coat racks behind their door, I'm like, are you a fucking psychopath? Are you a psychopath? <laughs> because there is never going to be a time that I don't see that at night and think that there is someone standing there. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. <laughs> That has happened, like, um, wife has a bathroom that hangs on the back of our bedroom door, and there has been, like, a night when I woke up, (gasps) Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) If you have a well-maintained house, however, she actually helps out with chores and will take care of your chickens for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Probably feels a sense of camaraderie with them. Yeah. So, I mean, that's nice if you just are, if you just have a basic sense of, of cleanliness, if you're tidy, then she helps out, you know, which is cool. In that sense, she kind of already, she kind of feels like a Roomba. Like a Roomba doesn't do that much on its own. Like you have to vacuum normally anyway, but she's like, you know what? You're already doing some stuff. I'll get this extra. You do have to prepare for a Roomba. Like you have to sweep because it can't get anything big. And yeah. then you have to, like, move any carpets and sweep under them and, like, pick anything up off the ground. And then the Roomba's mm. just kind of, like, back up <laughs> yeah. for anything you I got this extra missed. bit of dog hair. You're welcome. Yeah. Here, I did Thanks. my job. Thanks, Roomba. Um, her favorite places to be in a house are under the floorboards, behind oh. the hearth, or mm-hmm. in any nooks and crannies. Mm-hmm. L- love them nooks and crannies. This is my favorite. This is my favorite thing about her because I don't know what it means. <laughs> and it's okay. at, at nighttime when she isn't suffocating children, she spins God. flax with an evil look in her eye. Why? I don't know. Why I is don't that her hobby? I don't know. I couldn't find any information about what she does with the flax or like why, it, but apparently you... she's really into spinning. How do we know that there's an evil look in her eye because you can't, can't you die. look her in the eye. God damn it. I mean, yeah. I guess that could be why they think that she has I an guess. evil look in her eye because you die if you look at her. I'm looking up the process of spinning flax because I don't actually know what that means. I don't linen think... type spinning describes the spinning process of the linen plant, which is also called flax. Depending on the length of the plant when harvested, one of the following... Okay. So it's basically... It's... Yeah. It's getting linen fiber from... A linen plant, which is called flax. Right. Like, think of the right. thing that they had in Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The the spinning. The spindle. Wheel. The spindle thing. Yeah. That's what she does at night, apparently. <laughs> Just like giving you the fucking shittiest look. <laughs> God, she's like, nobody helps me around here. Nobody helps me around here. <laughs> It, yeah, it, and it also doesn't, like, I don't know what she, she, it's not like she leaves the flax that she spun as an offering, or she doesn't, she doesn't sell it or anything, I guess. I don't know where she, I don't know what she does with it or where she keeps it, or where What's she, she even gets it from. <laughs> <laughs> what if you're just like, listen, I know you live in the floorboards and sometimes you do dishes and you do take care of the chickens, which is really good. But like, it would be nice if maybe you paid rent. Like I know you've been spinning at night. That's so cool. Do you think that's something, maybe we could start you like an Etsy if you wanted to. <laughs> at the very least, if you can contribute to utilities, that'd be a really helpful, really good first step. 
um, you watch a lot of Netflix, and I would really <laughs> appreciate like contributing to that a little bit because it keeps going up for some reason. I don't know why. Like, it's not like the content's getting any better. But I mean, I'm, yeah. Anyway, Scarecrow Chicken Lady. Um, twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. We, Just twenty bucks. Just sell one flax. Sell a flax. Sell a flax. <laughs> um, in some stories, she comes from one of two areas, either the woods or the swamps. Mm-hmm. So those from the woods are married to another Slavic household spirit, the Domovi. But they don't live together. So I don't know. I don't know what their marriage looks like. Oh, the Domovoi. Yeah, the Domovoi. There we go. Okay. Yeah, I am vaguely familiar with that one. He's a nicer one. He's mm-hmm. more of like a protector and she's more of like a shitty roommate. Okay. But they don't, even if they're married, they don't live together. Like, they're not mm-hmm. in the same house. It's not like you get a protector who brings his annoying girlfriend. <laughs> they're they're married, but they live in different homes. And have, I mean, I can see why that they don't live together. They have completely different expectations for a home. They have an understanding sort of thing. Yeah, they, t- they take every other weekend to spend at the other one's place. Mm-hmm. Those who are from the swamp are married to Leshies, who we've had in a former episode, and that was the bachelor yeah. who Ellie reprimanded for having a slovenly appearance. That's correct. That's a very early episode. That is like the first five, probably. That was like the. I think it was our ep- episodes on the trickster, because mm-hmm. the Leshy is a bit of a. He's just a bit of a funny guy. He wears his shoes backwards. Yeah, and like his pants backwards and stuff like that. It's just and laughter wear, in the woods. He doesn't wear a belt. And he's also apparently right. married married to this chicken woman. Uh, I mean, I would say standards, but here we are. Here we are. And that's all I have for you on Bachelorette number one. That was that was a lot. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Bachelor number two. Unfortunately, also ugly. That's okay. You know what? It's not. I'm not. I, I'm not making subjective statements. That is in their description. Right. Yes. We, we should ugly. state that right off the bat. That we here at Monster Crush find beauty in all things that are traditionally horrifying. But yeah, it's it. This is the description Correct. that is given of them. This not the our description opinion. We find of them beauty is on ugly. the inside, which sometimes on the inside of these monsters uh, is even worse. But yeah. We'll, we'll, Okay, so we'll do number two. Also ugly. Good start. (laughs) Also ugly. At one point, every household in Scotland had one of these little guys hidden somewhere, but he's notoriously hard to find and somewhat shy when it comes to interacting with humans. That's a lot. He has... Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of them. They're everywhere. He has Mm -hmm. tan skin, curly brown hair, uh, wrinkled skin... He's thick and entirely nude. What a description. Thick, tanned, wrinkly skin, curly brown hair, and just fucking naked. Yep, let's all hang out. In fact, he is so clothing adverse that if if one of the humans whose home he occupies offer mm-hmm. him any clothing he'll leave and okay. will never come back uh, and now we're going to get into the part do you want one of these things okay. well they are helpful 
but only at night, and they don't work for free. So there is a bit of of an understanding that they are that they're working for. So like the total opposite of a house yeah. elf. They they don't want your fucking clothes. <laughs> yes. You better goddamn pay them. And they have they have set hours. Exactly. And you know what? They're union at this point. Every house has one. They're they're union, and uh, they will strike. They're absolutely yeah. unionized. Absolutely. So what he does prefer his payments, but actually I should I should back up. You cannot mm. call them oh. payments. If you call them a payment, he will okay. leave. Okay. Call them gifts. So. You can only call offerings. them yeah. offerings. So he he prefers mm-hmm. offerings of food, and honey okay, and porridge is his favorite. And again, if at any point you say, like, here's your payment, he'll be like, fuck you, and he'll leave. <laughs> I don't work for you. <laughs> exactly. Like, he's like, I work for you, but not really. So he's very sensitive to language. He also, it sounds like it's a bit of a sensitive lad because he doesn't appreciate criticism or feedback. Wow. Okay. This is, yeah. So... <laughs> If you try to admonish him for the job he's done, he'll pinch you, break all your shit, and then, again, leave forever. So definitely leaving is kind of his go-to thing. Like, he will ghost you. He just packs you. up his shit and just, yeah, he's like, I'm done with you. This We're, we're through. You you used the wrong word. Yeah, I don't, huh. I don't need to take this. I don't, you can't talk to me like that. Um, in one account... There was a little a little thick boy no. who had been living on this estate, and he. No. <laughs> Keep going. God, this little, little nude man. Little thick boy. Coming this summer to Nickelodeon. <laughs> he had been living on this estate. <laughs> That'd actually be a great Nickelodeon show. These would make great cartoon characters. I mean, they they're pro- they are featured. Their likeness is featured in, in many things. Okay. I think you'll know who they are as soon as I say it, if you don't know already. But um, there was one who lived on this estate, and he was in charge of the grain. So he would cut and stack the grain every... It said every day, but I don't think grain grows that fast. So, like, every time the grain needed to be cut okay. and stacked, I guess. But someone mentioned that it looked like it had been stacked oh, no. poorly. So that night, he took all the grain, carried it two miles away, and threw wow. it off a cliff. Wow. That's petty as fuck. So. Well. They don't think I did no. that good of a job fighting. It's going off the fucking shit. cliff then. <laughs> so as you can as you can sense already, they do have a bit of a mean and, and perhaps bit, petty yeah. streak. There was one one story of a of one who would always come to visit the house at night, but he had wet feet. So he would leave all these little foot wet footprints everywhere and then he would just <laughs> fuck shit up if everything was nice and tidy. He would be like blah blah blah. And so uh, the homeowners were kind of, you know, talking about him and they gave him this nickname Puddlefoot and he was so offended that he actually never came back easy enough wow say so <laughs> Formally, yeah, I mean, all like poltergeist or just you know just like shit talk them for just like a second say something that's slightly critical of them or yeah. just offer them like an extra sock and you get you get rid of <laughs> little thick boy 
Yeah, I guess if you have a nice one, it's good to keep them in the home. But if at any time they take an attitude to you, you can just be like, all right, Bob, <laughs> I bought you this tunic when I was at the market. You just hear like a suitcase leaf. clicking. Although I, they wouldn't have clothes in it. I don't know. Maybe it just has like broken dishes. <laughs> it has broken dishes in it. So in another story, the family's keys would go missing pretty frequently. And the only way that they could get them returned was that they would all have to sit around the hearth with their eyes closed and offer a piece of cake. And after a few minutes of silence, the keys would just be hurled from behind at someone. Wow. Okay. This, okay. Um, personal quick story. When, I, I'm not sure I've shared this one before. I know I've talked about my mom having like ghost experiences and whatever else in like the, the house she grew up in. The house that we moved into on my sixth birthday, the house that my parents still live in now, uh, my mom kind of told me this a year or two ago. So I wasn't aware of any of this when I was younger, but apparently when we first moved in, there used to be these weird kind of experiences that they would have. Uh, she experienced them mostly. Like one of the things was they would get up in the middle of the night and the TV would be on just like static blaring, like volume turned all the way up. One hmm. of the other things is hmm. her keys went missing for like two straight weeks. Hmm. And then one day they just reappeared back on the counter, like in plain view. And this is very, I wonder if we had right. one of these things. And she just like left out a piece of cake. Like, Give him a keys back. Maybe, but that also kind of sounds like classic poltergeist. Well, a lot of these, both of these individuals kind of have that poltergeist quality to them. Right. The only difference is that they do manifest. Correct. They have a physical body that's attributed to them, but they're noisy and they're disruptive. These, these are somewhat helpful. I wish you had a helpful poltergeist. Yeah, I guess poltergeists aren't known for being really helpful. It'd be nice if they, like, yelled out the answers while you were oh, watching Oh, yeah, Jeopardy. like if they actually knew it and it's just not like, no, that's not even that's not even <laughs> the right category. Or if they, like, fluffed the laundry for you. They yeah. just could spell everything on <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> It'd be great. That'd be a cool yeah. party trick. It'd be like, welcome to my haunted house. My record player knows all the answers to every Jeopardy question, apparently. <laughs> it also sounds like nightmares, but you get used to it. <laughs> uh, the final bit of information I have on Bachelor number two is that it appears that like a ghost, he's actually associated with a house and not a family. Okay. So uh, he, he is m- more beholden to the home and its upkeep than the family, which is, I guess, where you get his kind of sensitive nature about people giving him clothes or naming him. Like, he really doesn't seem to feel any kinship with humans. He's really just there to make sure that the home is taken care of. To his liking. So I guess if you are a shitty decorator, he may fuck you. So I'm wondering now if he's attached to the home. So, like, if you were to move, would you have to get reacclimated to your new one of these singletons? And... Where do they go when yeah. they just pack up and leave? Is that why, like, every home used to have one, but now, like, the Scots were just too rude and they're just like, no, they don't just got because, fucked off? Yeah. There are some stories that they have. The reason I know that they mm. have a union, you made that joke, was that they do have meetings oh. by rivers. So it could be that they just go to live by the river. That's their, that's their Teamster hall. Yeah. Yeah. Local 411. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all I have for you on Bachelor number two. 
Uh, at least I can look this one in the eye. I just can't be even minorly uh, constructively critical of anything. And you're going to want to look this one in the eye because remember, he is totally naked. <laughs> I mean, speak for yourself. But I will say, and I'm going to use mm. the word cowardly. I could not find a single image of this little man where he oh. was naked. And if this were a woman, if these yeah. were female little peoples, there would ever they would all be naked all the time. I would it would be impossible to There'd find a clothes one. Of so them. you'd be able yeah. to find one for like fan, your front yard. Fan artists, you need to buck up and draw me this little wrinkly man's oh, dick. God. <laughs> and I am not joking. I am Rule 34, not joking. Get on it. Yeah, honestly, I mean, and this is God. We have, we're gonna have the weirdest uh, fan art. Yeah, um, you have your description: small, wrinkly. Thick, tan, curly brown hair, hanging some brain. It is, that's all you need. <laughs> Slinging some sausage. You you know what we're looking for. You have everything that you need to draw this man. <laughs> as God intended. <laughs> all the images of him are wearing clothes, which are so offensive to him and his people. Do you people not think things through? You are so callous and short-sighted. Specifically, he hates clothes, and you all draw yeah, him in clothes. How of? offensive. Kicked off the internet? Come on. <laughs> it's the internet. You fucking put, you put boobs on lizards and not even a single dick Seriously. on these guys? Seriously. Sexist. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> bachelor number three. Thank you for coming to our nightmare <laughs> TED talk. <laughs> uh, this is actually a bachelorette. Okay. This is bachelorette number three. Our third bachelorette isn't just a presence that lives in a home, but is actually the Aztec goddess of hearth, fire, volcanoes, and wow. precious things. Okay. So this one is this one was tricky to find information about because she it appears that she was a smaller goddess that may have actually only been present in one town it was a town of okay. stone cutters so it's speculated that her stories weren't written down and they didn't survive sure. the european invasion so we do have one surviving record of her which is from the codex telanio remenes which was a spanish Codex that was like based on mm -hmm. Aztec lore, so that this is also through kind of the eyes of the invaders and what they interpreted local lore and right. story to be. So, probably not the best source ever, but it is the one remaining mm -hmm. account that we have of her. Just something, something to keep in mind. So outside of outside of the domestic sphere, she's a warrior goddess associated with pestilence. And she actually dons both masculine and feminine traits. So she wears both a woman's skirt and a man's loincloth, which, from my understanding, is very unusual for an Aztec deity. They tend to either be very traditionally feminine or very traditionally masculine, but she actually has ambiguous pronouns. So in some stories, they use she, and in the Telanio Remenes, they actually switch between she That's and they. That's really interesting. Okay, so sort of almost um, 
They use she, they pronouns. Okay. Yes. So, you know, it might be more appropriate to say that she is a singleton and not just a bachelorette. Uh, so, like I said, she has the a man's loincloth and a woman's skirt. Her mm. lips are painted red. And on her head, she wears a crown of poisonous cactus spikes. And in some images, parts of her garments are made out of snakes. Very badass. It almost feels to give a contemporary... Uh, the, the first kind of thing that comes to mind is Athena, who is you know, a warrior goddess wearing both masculine mm, and, mm-hmm. and feminine traits and a deity of both... Um, I guess what would be considered the the hearth, the more feminine domain, at least in this culture, but also of war. I love, oh, I love the poisonous cactus headdress. That is. It's pretty cool. Okay. I'm. She. No, I was going to say, I'm I'm into it. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. She may be related to, or perhaps the counterpart of Cholot, which is the Mm -hmm. dog-headed god of fire. So Trollot is the god of fire, lightning, and warriors who died in battle. So whereas he acted as a soul guide for the dead, it appears that our bachelorette helped living warriors. And there's some speculation that perhaps she guided them home. So that was kind of the role that she played in between the domestic sphere and the battlefield is that she would make sure that warriors came home and perhaps warriors would pray to her before they left that they would be able to return sure. safely yeah, to I actually, home. I love uh, Cholot or Cholotl, who is the the dog deity of, of Aztec kind of guidance to the death because it, we, we've talked about this on a previous episode, how dogs kind of very much fit into this uh, psychopomp sort of uh, role throughout many cultures. And you know, Zolotl is definitely one of those. She also has some... A uh, dog, some dog. Oh in no! Her. She, she apparently loves okay. chili peppers. Um, she, she's always has a couple chili peppers hidden somewhere in her pockets, and she once broke a religious fast to eat roasted fish with paprika, which angered the god Tenochtitlan, and as punishment, he turned her into a dog. Now I couldn't find how long she was a dog, or like at what point in her journey, but in some of the images of her. In some of the images, she has like a butterfly Mm -hmm. nose ring, which is like the nose ring that goes through the septum and then kind of goes up the nostrils. It's like a large piece that kind of encases the nose. Or in some images, she has large pointed teeth, but those large pointed teeth are very close to the nose. So there's some back and forth about whether or not she has dog teeth or if she just has some type of decorative nose wear. Seems to be inconsistent or Either difficult way, I'm into to it. make out. Hell yeah. So a lot of the information I could find about her was from pagan blogs. And in those pagan blogs, they, I think, overemphasized her role as a protector of the home. And they really, really heavily emphasize her Mm -hmm. femininity so in these blogs they'll be like she's the goddess of grace and beauty and i don't i don't think that that's true i think that's kind of a i think that's applying our own understanding like a white perspective a white culturally christian perspective to what the home sphere looks like because the Tilano Romanes, which seems to be the most accurate source really didn't mention things like grace beauty um, divine, precious things, that sort of thing. I can only find that on more modern. It almost blocks. seems like uh, they take on more of a protector 
warrior role that they they still might be a deity of the hearth but you also mentioned like volcanoes and Mm -hmm. yeah i i think overly feminizing this individual i absolutely agree with you It, it, it is probably putting too much of our culture onto a culture which is uh very foreign to our to ours and us trying to find the contemporary to it but perhaps overstepping that boundary a bit yeah, and I, you know, I found in a lot of pagan blogs, there tends to be this focus, and you know, this is a larger conversation within within the neo pagan community of kind of like reclaiming the goddess and the f- feminine nature, which is I think can be very powerful and empowering for a lot of women, but also tends to then create this like hyper feminized ideal of like this woman who is grace and she's willowy and she's soft and gentle. Um, and I, I don't think that that is a fair assessment of this goddess slash deity mm-hmm. in particular, but also seems to kind of be a way of defanging a lot of really interesting and at times gritty mythology and stories around religious I absolutely agree with you. I think embracing the monstrous has to be important to, to, that, to respecting the culture. Like, I love Medusa. I think Medusa, especially as a feminist icon, is is incredibly interesting. Uh, she's a, a very complicated mythological character, but taking away the the Gorgon image and the teeth and the I mean, Medusa is often featured with a beard sometimes, and making her into like this sexy snake yeah. woman. Like I get it, but at the same time, embrace that monstrous because that's what made Medusa powerful. She turned men into stone because right. she yeah. was. A monster, and that doesn't make her lesser than. That's what her power derived from. Right. Yeah. It's uh. It's the girl boss. <laughs> Lean in. <laughs> hey, girl bosses. Uh, me and my girlies turning men to stone. So that's uh, what I have for you on Bachelorette Singleton I, number three. I love it. I love them. All right. Our final. Oh. Our final bachelorette, this is definitely a bachelorette, is the Lithuanian spirit Ooh, of fire. Okay. So she is liter she is she literally hot. fire. Okay. <laughs> she hot. She protects the family and the home. So before Christianity, she was represented in fires that were carefully tended to in sacred groves mm-hmm. or hilltops. And so these would be tended by priests and priestesses and it would be extinguished and re and reignited once a year as part of the solstice ceremony but other than that the fire would constantly be kept burning but as christianity swept through the country and these groves were destroyed the holy fires were moved into the homes and she became responsibility of the women of the house and if there was no woman of the house she would be the responsibility of the eldest son so it's very important that someone is always tending to and taking care okay. of her all right, I like that. She can't be left alone, so she has to be put to bed every night when the family goes to bed. And you can only use fresh, clean water to put her to bed, and you must politely ask her not to wander. Oh, yeah, um, okay, that's fair. <laughs> she she isn't particularly gentle or maternal, so she is a very... F- pardon the... <laughs> 
pun, mm-hmm. fiery protector of the home. Like she's she's not like, oh, my sweet children. She's like, what the fuck did you say to me? Are you serious? Are you joking? She gets offended very easily. I love that there's these very... Spe- put her to bed is, is a wonderful term for like, put out the fucking fire or she's going to burn all of our shit down. Put out the fire. Put her to bed so After she nicely. can't wander. If you do offend her, she will, quote, take a walk, uh, which burn means burn your house, house down, obviously. It's a nice way of saying <laughs> burn your house down. Hey, you remember when um, when California had a walk taken all over it? It was a really rough walk that was taken in Australia last year. Yeah. <laughs> so ways to offend her include throwing garbage That's on fair. the flame, yeah. keeping mm. an untidy hearth, 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 hearth. Uh, using anything other okay. than clean water to put her to bed, and especially going, peeing on her. Don't pee on her. She does. She does not like that. She hates it. It's mentioned everywhere that she like will really hates being urinated on, which is fair. <laughs> not her kink. <laughs> <laughs> I I hate that it's so she, prolific that it's mentioned everywhere. Like, stop peeing. On the don't, fire. Don't pee on Stumpy fire. She, she it also pervades all fire. So it's not just the fire in your home. If you light a match or a candle, she is in okay. that flame as well. Wow. Okay. She, she is everywhere. You are correct. She is fire. She's just fire. Fire incarnate. When a couple is newlywed, there's a tradition that the bride will be given a fire from her mother's home. So she can start her own home ritual with the goddess in okay. her new home with her husband. So she's like Captain Planet, but it's just all just fire. 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 <laughs> yes. Fire. 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 Our powers combined. Yep. <laughs> she, she has some shape-shifting capabilities. She can appear as a woman mm-hmm. dressed in yeah. red, obviously. Okay. A cat, a stork, or a rooster. Well, uh, okay. Um, hmm, okay. So, I don't know. Roosters are red, I guess. <laughs> Roosters are red. Flowers are blue. Um, she'll burn she her can... house down if you... What if she had... She... What if you... <laughs> what if your shape-shifting ca- capabilities were, like, color-locked? That's, uh, well, that's very... Okay. I'm a massive nerd. The first thing that comes to mind is Beast Boy, where he can turn into any animal, but it's green. But he's always green. He It's not that he can only turn into green animals, mm-hmm. which that's would be true. funny. Okay, so that's true. It's just he's always he's just always an animal that's green. You're specific with your color choice. Like, you'd have to pick, like, brown. Brown gives you the most versatility, right? You could be a female <laughs> duck. <laughs> yeah, that's where, that's where your brain could... I was thinking, like, bear, dog, rabbit... Most birds, but you're like, yeah, <laughs> a female duck, <laughs> a female peacock. <laughs> yeah, the less vibrant side of of uh, nature, I suppose. Because if you pick like blue, uh, an otter, an otter? blue, you could be a dolphin. I, I guess they're dolphins are gray. <laughs> they're blue, In, like Lisa Frank drives. <laughs> In my, if I yes. if I may share, I consider all sea animals to be blue. <laughs> we can't see them. They're just. <laughs> but, 
I wish we could find fish, but they blend in so well with the ocean, which is also blue. Well, I mean, unless it's like a killer whale, which is obviously Uh black and white. But a humpback Humpback whale is blue. blue. It's just like a gray, it's a gray blue. And then blue whales are obviously blue. If they're not blue, I'm going to burn something down. Um, Sperm whales are like like a gray blue. Great white sharks. They're like a they're like a heather. Well, great white sharks are also blue. They just have white bellies. <laughs> I'm not gonna win this one. I can see that already. They have white bellies, right? Because you have a white belly like a shark. It's not like you have a white belly like a shark belly, not like a shark. You know what I mean? The, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Crabs. Sharks Shark. are two tongues. Sharks are very toned. <laughs> Get them street sharks. I got those abs. Okay, crab, but crab is a is a sea oh, land okay. animal. I'm talking about like fully sea bound. Those are almost. I would say. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say ninety percent are blue or have blue okay. in them, and I feel very <laughs> confident in that number. You look very confident about that number. Uh, okay, I. I have no choice but to agree with you. I guess it's hard to... I'm looking at a photo of a great white shark right now, and it does look blue. But also it mm-hmm. is surrounded by blue. So I do I do understand that there is a bit of... Can, well, when it's out of the water, it. I think I see a little... It's gray, but I also see a little bit of blue, okay. if I'm I will. Honest. I will definitely concede that the animals that are traditionally gray do have a tint of blue in them. Uh, even dolphins, I suppose. Uh, okay, well, my first thought was like, okay, but if you pick blue, you either have blue jays or you're in the water. There's there's your options. So right. you got to be careful about that well, color. Well, okay, yeah. You're right. Blue would not be a good color to choose to... Are there any blue snakes? No, that's wild. There's like crazy. blue skinks. Is it? I was gonna say, is it if we're color if we're color locked in our shape shifting? Is it just that the animal has to be completely of that color, or just has to have the color? Well, okay. On it? So to go back to our singleton, if she could turn into a rooster, roosters are not all red. Right. They just and have the storks red absolutely are not red. So they have red. Oh no! Lips. Storks will have lips. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that so much. <laughs> We say things on this show, and it's just like instantly, I'm like, oh no, stork lips. Mm, no, I don't like that. I think. Like, a, if I ever read somewhere, like, the stork licked a, its lips, a, if a I bird, would throw that book in the fire. A, if there was a bird that did not have a beak, but instead had a human mouth. <laughs> no, why are, you, why are you doing this? <laughs> you're doing this to yourself as much as you're doing it to me. <laughs> Ooh, scary. scary. That's a cryptid bad. for sure. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a blue jay outside my window, but it didn't have a beak. It had the mouth of a man and it whistled at me. It just smiled. It just sat there smiling. <laughs> Ooh, awful, awful what we've created. So, okay, so she can she can turn into a stork, a cat, and a rooster. Yeah. And she is fire. Yep. And, and a, a woman. And a woman and a in a woman. red dress. 
and a woman in a red dress. And uh, that's that's all I have for okay. you on Bachelor at number four. Deep breath. Wonderful. Okay. So, Heavenly, thank you so much for bringing these singletons. This is going to be a tough choice. Um, okay. So, I am not the the physical attractiveness. Of, of any of these singletons is not something I'm going to take into account because that's not what matters here on Monster Crush. Um, so to, to sure. go back yeah. over them, singleton number one was the so, so-called so uh, unattractive scarecrow chicken woman with claws um, who can also be a hag, mm-hmm. who you can't mm-hmm. look in the eye, who will help you clean up, mm-hmm. but she helps those who help themselves. Um, otherwise will harass you and potentially throttle you in your sleep and is typically summoned by the death of a child when she comes through keyholes mm-hmm. yeah okay okay yeah um singleton number two i yeah, yeah that's it you sh- nailed it sure did singleton number two is the thick tan wrinkly curly brown haired naked man mm-hmm. who used to live in every scottish home mm-hmm. uh who is very sensitive very sensitive, very sensitive and yeah. doesn't like being paid and doesn't like criticism and doesn't like clothes. Okay. Uh, single number three was the Aztec goddess of volcanoes and hearth and battle, who is uh, actually a she, they. Uh, so deity is probably the term I'll use instead of goddess. Uh, with a very badass sounding... History, backstory, description, everything. Uh, honestly, they are probably top choice right now. Uh, and then finally was uh, just fire. Just fire. It's fire. Just just, just, just fire, fire that can yeah, also exactly. be a cat, a woman, a stork, or a rooster. And will burn your shit down if you pee on her. <laughs> yeah, well, that might be true for, for a lot of, of women. A lot <laughs> will of burn your shit down if you pee on them. Ask first. Ugh. Um, okay. Yeah, the first... I can't look singleton number one in the eye. And that is kind of a deal breaker. I love looking my partner in the eye and telling them how much I care about them. And I don't want to die mm-hmm. trying to do that. Personally, it kind of defeats the purpose. So I, I apologize to singleton number one. Uh, they they are not going to, to make the cut on this one. All right, mm-hmm. if you go into Discord, the first two photos are of her, and that is the Kikimora. I heard that name before. Uh, wow, wow, okay, wow, I hate it. Um, okay, so, so the, okay, the, the yeah, first one is, is your traditional hag-style individual. Uh, she appears to be sitting at a spindle. Uh, she has these big chicken-like clawed feet which are poking out from beneath the robes that she's wearing uh big kind of hooked nose and these like solid white eyes that are staring at you and i feel like i'm gonna done it just looking at her uh she seems to be spinning flex which thank thanks for nothing yeah thus which is her which hobby. is the her second hobby one. yeah mm. okay yeah i understand how you had a difficulty describing this so <laughs> okay, I, I get I get the chicken thing. There are ears, almost like donkey ears, poking out. So it's very kind of like um, a babushka style of dress. So there's a dress, there's the, mm-hmm. the headscarf. Uh, there are horns and kind of donkey ears peeking out from the headscarf. 
almost like yeah they're like they're like yeah, antelope horns yeah very much so and the the mouth the face is elongated almost beak like but almost like armadillo like at the same time there's a lot going there's on. There's a lot she, going she's on. She's hunched here. over. Uh, she has hairy arms with claws. And then, of course, poking out the dress at the bottom. Big old chicken feet. Um, Kikimura. I'm, I, you're already married anyway. So enjoy your uh, your time with the Domovoy or the Leshy or uh, what, what have you. Um, I think for similar reasons where I, I want to be with a partner that I can... I can discuss things with, even, you know, concerns that I have in the relationship mm. in a constructive and positive way, sure. But still, I don't want that person, if I go to say, like, hey, I'd really appreciate it if you didn't do this one thing. If they didn't blow up and go, well, I guess that's it. Because I'm fucking leaving. We're done now. Yeah. So I, I'm going to yeah. have to say no to singleton number two as well. Uh, again, nothing to do with their physicality. Just, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just, yeah, they're a little too sensitive. That's the third photo. And that is just a classic brownie, oh, brownie. or brownie. Yeah. And you can see that in this photo, he has clothes on. And that's just not, not who he is. And now... Is. He should be totally should, absolutely naked. Absolutely should be. Yeah, the, in the, the photo has a broom much larger than himself. One of those little, like, Smurf caps. Wearing, like, socks and clothes and all that kind of stuff. Sweeping up something. And what what's hitting me most is, as an Ohioan, I am... Uh, very familiar with Cleveland Browns who do use the brownie as one of their many mascots. They they use the brownie. They also use a brown dog because who the hell knows what a brown is. Um, now I'm realizing that Browns fans should all go naked to those games. If you want to dress like your mascot, yeah, just tan like tan nude for <laughs> get get thick, get wrinkly, tan nude, and then go to that game. And just go to the game. And that is you representing the true spirit of, of their mascot. Another fun fact about the Bruni is that originally in lore, they were human-sized. Oh, size. I hate that so much more. It's just a naked man in your house. Isn't that, isn't that it's so much worse? It's just, a, your... it's just a large <laughs> naked man who lives under your a like, cleaned floorboard? That's a crime. That's a crime. What is happening to you is criminal. (laughs) That happened once in Scotland. There's just a naked man in their house like, no, I'm a mythical figure. I'm a fairy. (laughs) Don't look at me. (laughs) Don't don't say mean things about me. That's that's not what I like. I'm going to live under your floorboards now. I'll clean every now and then. I want food. Don't call it payment. Bring me cake. (laughs) that could be why what started the rumor that they would leave if you named them because they were the owners of the house were just like dougal and he was like no (laughs) fuck you (laughs) dougal's dougal's dead (laughs) i don't know give him clothes or something see if he leaves dougal your wife we need you to put on pants fuck it i'm leaving we're done here. Okay, I am. Yeah, I have, knowing that fact, dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> uh, I think. Okay, it, it is between the 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 de- the two deities at this point. Which I mean, come on, it was always gonna be. Um, I'm a simple man. I love I love sexy goddesses. I'm a 
<laughs> I like a powerful sure woman. Uh, okay, so Aztec uh, deity uh, of, of volcanoes and hearth and battle and all that with a, a poisonous cactus headdress and loincloths. Well, very mm-hmm, much into that. Mm-hmm. And they sound like they are less likely to burn my house down if I, like, don't use, like, Brita-filtered water to douse them. So I am going to... <laughs> I think I'm going to say no to Singleton to Bachelorette number four. All right, Bachelorette number four will be the last photo, and that is Gabia. Okay. Gabia. Or Gabia. Okay. Lithuanian fire hearth deity. Okay. Lithuanian <laughs> fire. Just, just Lithuanian fire. <laughs> it's... We were missing out on that natural resource. Uh, okay, so this is this looks very uh, like Christian mosaic sort of, uh, which you did mention that Christian, yeah, Christian the, yes. kind of. Yeah. So the only mention of her actually is okay. in Christian texts. There is no written story or written information about her from those who worshipped her or tended to her. So this is all Christian speculation or mm-hmm. heresy yeah kind of the the absorption that christianity had to do when it went into uh, different cultures like oh no no you've you've been praying to christianity the whole time oh this tree that you thought was holy jesus really liked this tree this was jesus's favorite tree you've been christians the whole time you just didn't know it the- <laughs> this image of her definitely looks just like jesus it really does fire. yeah like not White, non-bearded white Jesus. Jesus. It yeah, looks like white it, it's Jesus. Very, it, it's very, it's very, um, agender. There, there's longer brown hair, but there's nothing particularly feminine uh, about the figure wearing, the, she's wearing long kind of white robes, which she was a lady in red. Okay. Um, she looked like Jessica Rabbit and I will be taking oh, zero wow. criticism. Yeah, maybe I, no, I can't go back, but. <laughs> uh, she 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 looked like Jessica Rabbit, but on fire. Uh, and yeah, she, so she's wearing just fire. like white, um, kind of like non-gendered robes, holding a fire very much like you would like a cat or like a a, a baby, almost like supporting it from the bottom, and then just like <laughs> just yeah, like just, holding, just it to holding her chest, a yeah. different colored fire from the from the she's fire that is it. behind her. Uh, okay, yeah, Gabia, um, don't burn my shit down. Thank you. Okay, I won't pee on you. Cause you. Uh, and so singleton number three will mm. be that last photo, and that is Chantico. Uh, I, you are, yeah, you're incredible. God, that is. <laughs> I love, incredible. I love everything I love about everything you. you I love everything you do. Um, please step on me. Um, yeah. Okay. Poisonous cactus. Okay. So go over the the physical description again. There was a poison cactus headdress, kind of like almost canine teeth or, or butterfly nose ring. Uh, does she carry weapons? I can't remember. Uh, not that I okay. read about. She, she has she has something. This is the the artwork is I'm going to assume from the text that you were uh, that you mentioned before, but it is that tr- kind of traditional, very uh, design heavy Aztec kind of uh, portrayal in, in a book. It has some writing around it. Very colorful, very intricate. Uh, yeah. I, I'm very much so, Chintiko. Uh, you're yes. Thank, thank you, thank you, and please love, <laughs> love it. everything. Love you it do. so much. Uh, and Heavenly, thank you so much for bringing these incredible singletons. Um, they were they were amazing. 
It was great. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm glad. I'm glad you had a good time with your little spring. You have your new spring I do, clean. I friend. do have a reason to to spring clean now. I, I literally have a, a a goddess who will help. I know I'll probably do it for her. Fuck yeah, she does enough. Um, but hey, you know, while we're in a thanking mood, I want to go ahead and extend a uh, thank you to Richard, our super producer, uh, Nick Lambert, who is our musician who does our amazing theme music. Uh, you can find him on Instagram. We will put his info in the show notes. Uh, we also want to thank the Nerdsmith Network, who is our daddy network. Thanks, daddy. They have so many other great shows on their network, most of them TTRPG-based, uh, but we highly recommend you check those out. We ask that you like, subscribe, rate, review, all that great stuff. If you enjoy what we do, helps getting our word out there. Definitely share the show with your friends if you enjoy what we did and you think other people would like to be subjected to this. And I will use the term subjected. <laughs> uh, we also do read any reviews that you post. We haven't had one in quite a while. So definitely if you leave a review, we'll read it on here. Uh, and while you're at that, uh, go ahead and tweet us at Monster Crushing on Twitter. Uh, Monster Crushing with an I-N-G. Uh, let us know if you found your, your, your favorite monster in this. Or what monsters you'd like to see. Or any ideas that you have. We're open to everything. Talk to us. I'm going to say, with all of that said... Stay clean. Stay clean. Stay clean. Don't pee on fires. It's gross. And don't, don't steal eggs don't, from people's plates. Don't commit dog egg crimes. That's directed at two very two very specific, specific egg covered dogs. I hope Richard at least includes some of the the yelling that you did to those dogs. As a spectator, as an audience member to that. Where all I could do is hear you yelling at these dogs and your roommates going, Yeah, she fucking stole the eggs. I don't know. It was it was enjoyable for me. Um, <laughs> thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.